Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. My mission is simple to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. I'll be with my friends. I'm just trying to make you a little money. My job is not just to entertain, but to teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. It happened again. A week I've been hearing that the bull is dead all week, and that the bear is resurrected. Even on days that only turned out like, well, this one, where the Dow gained 169 points. It was down, looking at down, it was going to be down 200 points down at 4 a.m. As we advanced 0.22%, and the Nasdaq, okay, that didn't go right. That dipped 0.61%. Now, this kind of thinking is so wrong that I find it painful. The house of pain. You don't need to be as old as I am, and I just turned a year older, to recognize this. Right now, we're witnessing classic bull market behavior. A bull market has moments where the despair is thick, the short sellers get all shorted up, and the world looks like it's going to come crashing down on your head. That's what happened this week. And there will be more frightening moments like this as long as the bull reigns. So get used to it. It's part of the process. Why am I so confident the bull's alive and kicking? First, even on our worst days this year, we've had a huge number of securities that are actually up, not down. Good advanced decline ratio. Second, we have no new supply in the form of IPOs or terrible SPACs, thank heavens. And the market tends to be surprisingly resilient, as long as we don't have a stock glut. Third, when it comes to the Fed's fight against inflation, we're clearly closer to the home stretch than the first turn. Fourth, even in the worst bear markets out there, let's say like an enterprise software torture chamber, well, things are finding their footing, and more on that later. With that in mind, what's the game plan for next week? Let's take a look. On Monday, we'll get another read on enterprise software when we see the reaction to a company called Monday.com, which is a workplace productivity software play, formerly a real hot one. Uh, yeah, genuine high flyer. The stock's rocketed to, uh, to 450 at the peak of the Nasdaq in late 2021, and then it plunged at 73 at its lows last year for rebounding to 131, where is it today? Unfortunately, Monday.com hasn't been able to turn a profit, or maybe they just haven't really tried. Lately, the market has blessed software companies that have pivoted to profitability. That's our term for it. Get used to it. But it has no faith in the ones that continue to pursue growth at all costs, including losses. If Monday.com makes the pivot, the stock bounces. Then I think also it can lead the whole group up or down. 
We also hear from a company called Treehouse Foods. Now, this is a company I've always admired because it has a stranglehold in the private label supermarket business. To date, we have not seen much trade down of any size at the supermarket into house brands. But once it starts happening, that will be a huge win in the fight against inflation because it's cheaper. Hey, speaking of inflation, Tuesday morning, very important, we get this most important piece of data this entire week. It's the Consumer Price Index, or CPI, in all of its various forms. A lot coming up. There's X food and energy, all that kind of stuff. But we know there have been some big changes for the better in this time, a group that really hurt us, apparel, which has gone up in cost rather remarkably given the apparel glut. I think that's going to change and head down. I think car prices might be a little better, but the relentless rise in the CPI ultimately feels unstoppable. So I don't want to get my hopes up too much. Of course, any good news from this number, any sign that inflation has peaked or is going down, disinflation, and this market is ready to roar. I meet a lot of people out there and talk stocks instantly and constantly. Invariably, they're, if they're younger, they want to talk about Tesla, now Alphabet. Of course, Apple. Older people, they want to talk about Verizon and Coca-Cola. Verizon's straightforward, very tough competitive business now. But Coke and its faster-growing doppelganger PepsiCo always get a positive nod from me. How could it not? CEO James Quincy has ignited the growth here, and I think he can deliver still one more good quarter. At the close, one of my faves, Airbnb reports. Now, I've been adamant that this company's undervalued, but I just don't know when it can break out to the upside. I am asking you to forgive a missed quarter. You may get one. Airbnb is busy eviscerating competition. Look, it worked with Uber. It obliterated Lyft. I think the Airbnb wants game, set, match for the new lodging world, and it's going to get it. I like gold very much, but I have been miffed about the action in my favorite, which is Barrick Gold. We'll hear from them Wednesday morning. This is the best gold miner they on earth. Yet its stock trades as if Barrick was mining Bitcoin. Could this be the quarter where people realize that this stock deserves to trade much better than it underlying, uh, under the underlying precious metal? I think it might. And by the way, it's got a very good and safe dividend. Next up, I hate almost every SPAC, as you know, except one. It's called Bolero. That's the company that's rolling up mom-and-pop bowling alleys, a sport I happen to love that's in desperate need of rationalization. I expect very good numbers. Will Shopify have its earnings breakout this quarter? Like Monday.com, which I talked about for Monday, Shopify needs to show that it, too, can pivot to profitability. It's no longer enough just to be the fulfillment company for the web, or at least the part of the web that's not dominated by Amazon. Thursday, we get results from a company called Constellation Energy that we have repeatedly featured on the show. I've been recommending this one ever since it was spun off by Exxon, giant utility company, because it's nearly all nuclear, and nuclear power is the most efficient way to decarbonize. Huge winner from the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, too. I'd stick with this one as long as the Democrats in the White House. After the close, we hear from a host of companies, including Applied Materials, the semiconductor capital equipment maker. Now, we had Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo on this week earlier, and she has been instrumental in creating legislation like the CHIPS Act that will help the U.S. regain its dominance in semiconductor manufacturing. I'm a big supporter of the CHIPS Act, as you know, but I warn you not to buy Applied Materials now off the legislation. It'll be years before it actually gets orders. In the interim, you have a lot of chip companies that are trying to hold back orders because semiconductor pricing is so bad. At the very least, wait until after AMAT reports, because I'm betting it might not be that good a quarter. 50 million people gamble in this country, and we could expect 15 billion to be bet on the big game this weekend. That will probably get people all bowled up about DraftKings, which also reports Thursday. I say be careful. Florida, Texas, and California still don't have legal gambling. 
And the numbers here won't be good enough, I think, until that changes. I do like DraftKings. I like the CEO, Jason Robbins. But I don't like the legislative roadmap. How about DoorDash? Any hope for it to be profitable? The shareholders better hope that <laughs> we you better hope they get it, or otherwise it's going to be painful. You know, this one has to get into the black right now because the market has no stomach for companies that don't seem to care about earnings. Sometimes I feel that that's the case with DoorDash. Finally, on Friday, we have two important companies, AutoNation and Deer. AutoNation gives us a read on the used car industry. I don't like this business right now, and not just because Carvana has been a huge disruptor. It even disrupted itself. But I dislike used cars simply because the prices have been coming down fairly consistently until they bounce in January. And they, it, it seems like a real spike. But I would say, that'd be a bummer, by the way, if you're worried at the Fed that might have to have more interest rate hikes just to cool that, that part of the, set of the economy. Now, look, let's listen to AutoNation. Let's not buy the stock. Stock's had a colossal move. No thank you. Deer's different. I've said this before, but I'm going to think, I need you to know that we're in a very powerful ag bull market. It's the feed the world story. We don't have enough tractors out there, as Agco told us earlier this week. Deer's the best way to play it because it's the most visible and best known. Bottom line, next week truly marks a breather to the earnings season as it winds down. That said, there's plenty to buy as long as you buy companies that are making money and returning some of that money to shareholders via buybacks or dividends. Still too soon, by the way, to pick at high growth stocks with little in the way of earnings, though, and certainly no need to speculate at all. Joshua in Florida. Joshua. Hi, Jim. Josh. I'm a, Jim, I'm a graduate student in the MS in Sustainable Business Program at the University of Miami Herbert Business School. It was great to have you on campus last week. Thank you. It was a lot Jim, of fun being thoughts? there. Thank you for having me. Yeah, go Canes. And, um, Jim, what are your thoughts on the recent push towards ESG implementation and reporting? And do you feel it actually drives value for firms? Uh, I think here's the way I feel about it. First of all, I'm very pro ESG. I look, I I'm, I don't even think it's controversial. I know some do, uh, but I don't think it really matters that much. Uh, some of the funds are big enough that they could move the needle. But I think we still pick stocks on the basis of the company's fundamentals. And we hope that they are embracing our ESG views. Let's go to Christopher in Michigan, please. Christopher. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Greetings from Trenton, Michigan. A uh, beautiful community. So, um, Jim, (laughs) I'm wondering about something. You know, it's been going on for a few weeks here, but with the increased prominence of artificial intelligence in various industries, it's surprising that IBM Watson isn't frequently questioned or mentioned in these discussions. Can you shed some light on? Well, Why it's just it? unimportant. I mean, I, look, I hate to be just blunt about it, but it's unimportant. There are three companies that are doing fabulous work in AI. And right now, publicly, we know about Microsoft. We're still thinking that Google may not know what it's doing, but I think it will. And then only Meta. And we haven't seen what Meta's doing in AI, but my, uh, my sources tell me it's going to be pretty blow away. Let's go to Mark in Iowa, please. Mark. Hi, Jim. A Charter Club member here, and I want to wish Excellent. you a happy birthday. Oh, thank you, Mark. Really appreciate it. And thank you for being a member of the club. How can I help? Well, I bought a small lot of this club stock. Then the price increased, and I did not want to violate my average cost basis, just like you explained in the bulletin yesterday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now that the price is back down to nearly my cost basis, I would like your opinion if the investing thesis is still good or has the business prospects deteriorated. The stock is ticker symbol PG, Procter & Gamble. 
no deterioration whatsoever. As a matter of fact, I think it's just gotten better because they had to reprice a lot of plastic. I think it'll be terrific. This is a dividend aristocrat, and I think you want to hold on to that yield, reinvest it, and own that stock, and I think you'll be terrific. Just really clear sailing for multiple years. All right, next week truly marks a breather to earnings season as it winds down. That said, there's plenty to buy as long as you buy companies that are making money and returning some of that money in the form of shareholder buybacks or dividends. Oh, man, tonight, the enterprise software space spent 2022 in the doghouse. But 2023 is lit a fire in the group. I'm digging into a few reports that might be worth eyeing now that the tide seems to have turned. Then even when the market's in the green, you have to prepare for whatever it can throw you. And that's why we play MI Diversified. We'll put your portfolio to the test. Finally, Dexcom soared today after earnings. I'm going to find out exactly why Wall Street loves the quarter. We'll talk to the company's top brass. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere, you can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In a week where the market pulled back a bit, including the NASDAQ, which was on fire last month, something interesting happened. We got results from three different enterprise software companies, and surprisingly, Wall Street lapped them up. For pretty much the entirety of last year, the the enterprise software stocks, they were in the doghouse. Because these tend to be growth-oriented companies, and when the Fed declared war on inflation... 
the market lost its taste for growth at all costs. The whole group was untouchable, even as they bounced back that's about pretty hard since the beginning of 2023. While the bulk of tech sold off this week, we got some very positive news from some of these enterprise software companies. New Relic, Cloudflare, and a company called Alteryx. And they tell us a great deal about the industry and the future. Let's start with New Relic, the cloud-based applications performance monitoring play. They make sure your apps and websites run reliably. Watch MLB.com. You don't want it to go down, do you? Uh, this thing has been increasingly crowded sector. And New Relic was actually losing a lot of market share. But then they transitioned to a usage-based pricing model in 2020. And that's starting to pay off after a lengthy transition period. Bye, bye, bye. Yep, on Tuesday night, New Relic delivered a nice revenue beat with sales up 18% year over year. And more importantly, they earned, okay, I want to emphasize, they earned 32 cents per share. Wall Street was looking for less than half of that. Even better, management gave very encouraging guidance for the current quarter. In response, the stock jumped more than 18%. I mean, that was just an incredible move. And that's just on Wednesday alone. Almost like New Relic got a takeover bid. Next, last night we heard from Cloudflare, symbol NET, by the way, and Alteryx. Cloudflare is a content delivery network with a cybersecurity kicker. They handle a significant chunk of local Internet traffic, including communications with the White House. This is one of the hottest stocks on Earth before the Fed declared war on inflation, in large part because Cloudflare's got a terrific track record of putting up tremendous growth numbers because Matthew Prince is so good as CEO. But in the year after the Fed pivoted in November of 2021, the stock lost 83% of its value for bottoming at last at $37 a few months ago. As of last night, it had already rebounded to 58 bucks. So this thing was coming in hot, maybe too hot. The bar was high. When Cloudflare reported last night, they didn't disappoint with inline sales up 42% year over year and a one cent earnings speed off of five cent basis. We'll take it. While management expects sales growth will continue to decelerate, they're talking 36 to 38% growth for the full year. That's okay, because this is now a market that cares more about profitability than accelerating revenue growth. And on the profitability front, Cloudflare gave you really an encouraging forecast. Revenue not so hot, earnings really good. In other words, this is a huge departure for Cloudflare. They've gotten religion, clearly gotten religion, on chasing profitable growth rather than growth at all costs, which is a sucker's game now. On the conference call last night, management spent a lot of time talking about streamlining their or sales organizations, taking steps to control costs. This is not the old Cloudflare. They even got uh, positive free cash flow now. Wow, that's what I'm really looking for. And they see that number trending even higher this year. Initially, the stock jumped more than 10% this morning, as people realized that this company was no longer the old growth at all cost company. Although some of that was clearly short covering, people betting against the stock. Still, Cloudflare finished the day up 3%. I think it would have been up more if not for the gravitational pull of the NASDAQ, which, of course, was down. Finally, there's Alteryx. This is a data analytics platform. A lot of people love their, their uh, they really just... It saves a lot of time and, frankly, a lot of people. I like to joke that there are zillions and zillions of this kind of analytics plays and data handling plays, and the competition's really become a vicious subsector to enterprise technology. Alteryx was actually profitable a few years ago. Then they started losing money. And then the first three quarters of 2022, man, they were losing money hand over fist. As a result, the stock peaked long before the rest of enterprise software contingent. Alteryx topped out at 185 in July of 2020, and if you can believe it, the stock plummeted to $39 at its lowest past December. Hideous loss for people. Like every other cloud software play, it made a comeback this year, bouncing back to $60 as of last night. But it was still down huge from its highs. 
And last night, Alderix justified that move, turning in a gem of a fourth quarter. Gargantuan top and bottom line beat. The bottom line is what I care about now. 73% revenue growth, terrific, but they earned 84 cents per share. Wall Street was only looking for 51 cents. Product is in tremendous demand. As good as those results were, the real story here is the tremendous guidance. Remember, we care more about the future than the past. The full-year earnings forecast came in much higher than anticipated. Management expected to make 36 to 46 cents per share. Analysts thought they could only do six cents. Holy cow, is that terrific. They're also projecting a substantially smaller than expected loss for the current quarter. Of course, I don't want to lose any money, but I see the direction. So, again, the story here was profitability, a term that was mentioned over and over and over again in the conference call. 20 times in total, they mentioned profitability. And, yes, we, we counted that. Had to. CFO Kevin Rubin said that the company uh, completed a big investment cycle last year and it's now ready to start showing investors its earnings power. Boy, do I like this story. Couldn't have happened at a better time. You know, but he he said something that really kind of blew me away. He wrote, and I'm going to quote it. We feel the business is on strong footing to deliver expanding profitability with scale. And with the majority of our costs being variable in nature, we believe we have the ability to stay nimble in the economy in this current uh, economy environment. What he's saying basically is even if we have a slowdown, they're still going to make their numbers. The commentary is the real reason why the stock jumped 5% today. At one point, it was up almost 15%. But then, of course, the Nasdaq rolled over and pulled everything down. Frankly, it's the same exact story we saw from New Relic, Cloudflare, uh, and the other enterprise software firms delivering surprising levels of profitability, and Wall Street's rewarding them now. It used to punish them when they had good profitability and slow growth. Now, let's take a step, let's take a step back for a second. While we're cheering the strong results from these three enterprise software companies in particular, we need to acknowledge that the whole cloud slash enterprise software course had a huge move higher already this year. That comeback rally seems to be unwinding itself or at least cooling down. The Wisdom Tree Cloud Computing ETF was up more than 25% for the year a little over a week ago. Now it's only up 15%. Group's under heavy sell pressure. Every time we get any economic data that shows inflation's bubbling up again, like even in higher prices for used cars, Wall Street suddenly gets terrified that the Fed will hit us with several more rate hikes quickly, or at least, in the very least, keep rates high for a long time. Neither of those outcomes is good for this particular kind of high-growth tech company. But many of these companies have changed their stripes. New Relic, Cloudflare, and Alphabet all realized they need to prioritize earnings over endless revenue growth. They pivoted toward assured profitability, the new holy grail for this market. We've seen the same thing from many of the e-commerce plays. Later this month, when we hear from tons of software companies in what's known of as off-cycle earnings season, I bet we're going to see the same because the companies have gotten religion. They know their stocks won't go up unless they're making money. Bottom line, we are now in bull market mode. And that means the enterprise software companies that have been so hard hit, the ones that have pivoted to profitability are worth buying in this environment. But the ones that haven't, the ones that haven't seen the memo, forget about it. Mad Money is back after the break. Coming up, survive the unknowns. Thrive in any market. Kramer invites you to the game of games. Play Am I Diversified? Next. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. 
Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. I've been saying for weeks now, I truly believe that we're in a new bull market. However, even in a bull market, you get days like today where the major averages are swinging in different directions. NASDAQ broke a five-week win streak. As it means, not just worst week since December. You need to be prepared to capture opportunities, but you also need to be sure your portfolio is protected. And we like to play defense when we have money, and that's why we play MI Diversify. This is where you call me, you tell me your top five holdings. I tell you if your portfolio is diversified enough. Maybe you need to mix it up a little. So why don't we take our first up, which is James in South Dakota, James. Hi, Jim. This is James from South Dakota. My five stocks are Merck, Devon, Stag, Bank of America, and Caterpillar. Am I diversified? Well, let's go to work on this. This is really, really interesting. And I'll tell you why, because while there's, some of these are certainly names from my charitable trust, um, there's some that are, there, there's a nice, nice bit of dividend income coming in here. Stag gives you a 4%, it's a real estate investment trust, gives you 4%. Caterpillar is now, you know, it's a dividend, it's been serially raising dividend. Merck's got a great dividend, Bank of Merck's got a boosting dividend. But the reason I mention is because Devin's got one of the top five uh, dividends in uh, uh, yields in the New York Stock Exchange. So I like that just from terms of income. Um, and you've got a real estate investment trust. You have an oil. You have a bank. You have a machinery company. You have a drug company. Merck was up very big today. I'm going to say that that's almost perfect diversification. Almost perfect. I want people to think about this kind of, this is the kind of portfolio that you need. Next up, we have Peros in California. Peros. Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me on the show. I would sure. like to know if I'm diversified. My five stocks are Costco, Pfizer, Disney, J.P. Morgan Chase, and General Electric. Thank you so much. Wow. I like this portfolio very much, too. Costco is our big retailer for uh, a charitable trust. Of course, you can follow that if you belong to the investing club. Disney, we've got a major position. That was quite a week. I mean, the stock all the way up to, to, to 120, came back down 12 points. But it's a big entertainment company we like. Pfizer, we had them on recently. I think it's good. It's not growing as fast as I'd like, but that's okay. Uh, GE, there, it's a breakup story. Largely going to be aerospace. And J.P. Morgan's been a, a horse of a bank. We have a bank. We have a retailer. We have an entertainment company. We have a drug company. We have a diversified manufacturer that's leaning toward aerospace. Perfect. That is perfect. More high growth, less dividend, except for J.P. Uh, JP Morgan and Pfizer. Now let's go to Josh in North Carolina. Josh. 
Hi Jim, this is Josh from Charlotte. Thank you for taking my video call and thank you for all the help that you give uh, us individual retail investors. I'd like to know if I'm well diversified. I have uh, WFC, Mara, Boeing, Nvidia, and Caterpillar. Thank you. Caterpillar's popular one today, which is good because that's one of our bigger positions, but one of our biggest is NVIDIA. And you know NVIDIA is really the heart and soul of ChatGPT. It's written on the, let's just call it, NVIDIA supercomputers with some of their software. That's Jensen Wong came up with the whole idea. Wells is one of our largest positions. This is a bank that's going from 42 quietly to 47. But remember, it was at 62 literally this week five years ago. So it's still got room to run. Uh, Marathon Digital, uh, no, okay? I like Marathon Oil, I like Marathon Pete, I like anything Marathon except Marathon Digital because that is a crypto company. So we're just not even going to consider that. That's not an asset where I'm from. Not an asset. Boeing, great aerospace. Caterpillar, great machinery. NVIDIA, Semiconductor. Wells is a bank. We need a drug. Let's just take work from the previous guest, and then I'll accept that portfolio. Why don't we go to Sonny, who maybe, I don't know, maybe knows Dave in Illinois. Sonny in Illinois. Sonny. Hey, it's Sunny from Chicago, a big windy city. Booyah to you, Jimmy Chill. Just want to say thank you for not just entertaining, but educating us investors. And most importantly, teaching us not to panic when the bid is low. So Jim, my five stocks are Pfizer, Paramount, Redfin, AT&T, and Hewlett Packard. Jim, am I diversified? All right, let's go to work. Uh, Windy City sweater look. Jimmy Chill goes to work now. Uh, Pfizer, well, we went over that. It's got better yield, but it is not as fast growing. ATT, not a fan because I don't like that balance sheet, even though it's improved after they offload a lot of debt to Warner Brothers. Uh, Paramount is going to report this week. I think it's too small and too levered, and I'm worried about the dividend. Redfin is barely a stock anymore. We're not going to even touch it. Uh, real estate, but I just don't like it at all. Came public, is very hot. Hewlett uh, Packard we, uh, is a challenge company, so we really have to do some switching up here. A challenge company that is the division between HP and, and Hewlett Packard, which is like kind of an enterprise a catch-all, a second-rate Dell, frankly. So as a matter of fact, let's move Dell in instead of Hewlett Packard. Instead of Redfin, we want to do real estate. Let's do FRT. Let's do federal realty, give you a 4.5% yield, and you'll capture the shopping center read. Paramount, no. We're going to switch that out with Disney after we hear what Bob Iger did this week. ATT, I know there's a, obviously someone who wants some dividend here, but I am not going to, I'm going to caution that that dividend, I mean, even prefer Verizon's dividend to that. Uh, let's do, wow, this is tough. If we want big dividend and we want, let's do AbbVie. It turned out that the quarter was very, oh, geez, we can't do that because we got Pfizer drug company. Um, this, I've got to come back on this because the, the real telco I like is T-Mobile, and it doesn't have a dividend, which is why I'm a little stumped. But Pfizer's got the good dividend, slow growth. Uh, Raytheon Technologies, I like it. Had a really good quarter, very good dividend. Dividend's going to grow. That's what we'll use. Let's go, and that's, that's uh, diversified industrial and aerospace. Let's go to Terry in Washington. Terry. Well, Jim, Penguin Booyah to you from Seattle, Washington. I'm an Investment Alert member. And I want to know if I'm diversified. The five stocks I have today are Eli Lilly, Palo Alto Networks, Pioneer, Caterpillar, and last but not least, Wells Fargo. Jim, am I diversified? Go Birds. All right. Go Birds. All right. Let's have to let's. 
could, let's hope the uh, expiration date, obviously, on that is Sunday. Um, all right, Pioneer is up $10.30 today, and that's because it's got a 10% yield, and I love it, okay? I just love it. Scott Sheffield doing a great job. We went over Wells Fargo, but what I didn't add is that the consent degrees are almost done, and then I'll be able to buy back even more stock and have a bigger dividend. Lily, it was a monster week for Lily relative to its group. Now, this is a Munjarno play. That will not be approved by the FDA. That's the weight loss drug until probably uh, late spring. In the meantime, people are kind of not keen on it. They want to see the real numbers. Let's wait for approval if you haven't bought it yet, unless it drops to 320. Caterpillar will be covered several times. I think it's terrific. The cash Aurora is just crushing it in cybersecurity. Cybersecurity, machine, drug, oil, bank. Man, these guys are just terrific. I really want to emphasize the fellow who has, uh, Palo, uh, the one, fellow who has Paramount. Please make those changes. I don't want at and I am concerned about Paramount. Redfin, not really a stock. we got to upgrade. In a bull market, we upgrade. We have money's back into the break. Coming up, this company helps countless patients manage their diabetes. Can it help you maximize your investments? Stick with Kramer. Is it finally safe to bet on some of the growth stocks again? Look at Dexcom, the maker of continuous blood sugar monitors that revolutionized the way we treat diabetes. Now, here's a stock that's been an incredible long-term performer for us. But it did fall apart last year, along with the, all the other richly valued growth stocks. They didn't like them. Since last fall, though, Dexcom's come roaring back. doesn't hurt that the FDA uh, approved their new version of their platform, that's the G7, back in December. And last night, we got the confirmation that this tremendous rebound is legit when Dexcom reported a strong quarter, 20% organic growth, solid guidance. These guys already pre-announced good numbers in January, but they still managed to deliver better numbers than they pre-announced and issued solid guidance for the year ahead, which is why the stock had surged 10% today. So could this one have more room to run? Let's check in with Kevin Sayer. He's the chairman and CEO of Dexcom. You had a better read in the quarter. Mr. Sayer, welcome back to Man Money. Hey, it's great to be back, Jim. Well, I'll tell you something, Kevin. We were going through the archives. And I didn't realize this, but Dexcom's been on the show for 18 years. And in that time, I think it might help people. I know you don't have the prototypes, the originals, but just to describe to people what Dexcom has done to this industry in those 18 years. Real quickly, the first thing we did is we made the product accurate enough for people to rely on. When people could make glucose decisions from the continuous monitor, everything changed. The next big step, Jim, was going to the phone. We're the first medical device ever that went straight to a phone. But after going to the phone, there's a level on top of that. We enabled people to share data with their healthcare, you know, with their network, with their family members, with their friends, with their school nurse or whomever. And then on top of that, we started making it easier to use to whereby you didn't have to calibrate it with a finger stick. So finger sticks are gone. Nobody has to stick their finger. And, and now... We've made it smaller. We've listened. I think it's going to be a great new product for us. Now, I, I was with someone who has the current one, and uh, versus what I see is this new one. It's really pretty sizable difference, Kevin. I mean, major. It's 60% smaller. It warms up in half an hour instead of two hours. Um, you name it. Everything we've learned about glucose monitoring, we've put into this new product to make it better. So what is the percentage of people who are current users who, who actually go for the new and improved at, versus, say, new customers? Well, the way it will work over time is we'll swap out the entire patient base to new and approved, but there are things that have to happen, like reimbursement with your insurance company right. 
or through Medicare and CMS. Also connectivity to our automated insulin delivery system partners. That will take a little bit of time, but they'll switch out over time. We added 450,000 new users uh, to our Dexcom user group last year. We have 1.7 million users in total. So literally almost a quarter of our users using our system are new users we added last year. And we continue to grow like that, Jim, uh, around the world. So our, our current base is now a bigger portion of our revenues than new ones by a sizable margin. But we intend to add a lot of new ones this year as well. Are you ready to handle the traffic Monday, given the fact that the NFL viewership is up dramatically and we do have the big game Sunday and apparently you have an advertisement. We do have an ad and we're ready to handle the traffic. We're very excited about the ad and the timing of the ad with this launch and our spokesperson, Nick Jonas. You couldn't ask for a better spokesperson uh, than Nick. You know, I've got to tell you, every time I've talked to you guys, there's always this lag with the insurance companies. Now, they know you're coming out. They know that you save lives. They know that you prevent really terrible things from happening to people with diabetes. Why don't they just get a little more preactive? Why is it always like this? You know, we are the most covered CGM brand uh, in, in, in the United States. We have more coverage than anybody else. Uh, and they're coming along quickly with G7. I can say this is going very well. But again, we're asking them to spend more money. And anytime you ask right, these groups right. to spend more money, they get involved and they have to study it. But but they come around. I mean, this is a lot. It, it, we've had so much improvement here, Jim. It's it, it's becoming standard of care for anybody on insulin, certainly. Well, I was going to ask you that. I know that when I first saw you guys, there's some very big medical equipment companies. I don't need to mention them right now because people can just look at the biggest ones. They can Google it. But I was so worried that they would crush you. What happened? Why, one of them fell apart. One of them is just doing really overseas. Why doesn't anyone just directly come in against Dexcom? I'll go back to where we started. Our technology has been the industry leader as far as accuracy and performance, and we solved this problem better than anybody else by delivering accurate data where patients want to see it and being ahead of that curve. We've been able to stay ahead and we'll continue to run. And now, Jim, it's a question of scale. Uh, we're ready to build this G7 product. I love your question. Are you ready for the crush? You know, I talked about on the earnings call, we can already build 100,000 G7 sensors a day, start doing the math. By the end of the year, we will have increased that capacity significantly as more lines get up and running. And as we look out two years, our capacity will be 5x what it is now. Uh, we're, we've made the bet. We're not going to slow down. Right, the last thing I want to ask is that there are some revolutionary drugs that are available now, but you have to take them, you have to shoot them into yourself, but injectable, so to speak, but that are going to, I think, prevent diabetes or at least head it off. I mean, now everyone wants diabetes to be cured. At the same time, you are in the business to help diabetics. Do you look at it long term and say, you know what, we're really making progress and one day maybe we won't need Dexcom? Or is the epidemic so big that that's just wishful thinking? Well, for insulin users, particularly type 1 diabetes, you'll always need Dexcom. As we look at these new drugs that are coming and things going on, I think Dexcom plays a very big part in that. I've talked with several physicians who use these drugs a lot and they say by giving a user of these drugs, a glucose sensor, to see what exactly is going on in their system. And you let them wear a sensor before they use the drug and they see the spikes go up and down and up and down. 
And then when they get on the drug and see how their eating habits change and how flat they are, they can say, wow, this is much better. The question becomes, can you stay on these drugs forever? What are the side effects? But what you can always do is wear a glucose sensor and get a feedback loop and learn what's going on in your body. In fact, I was just joking with somebody, I have a G7 on today. They have a little Hershey bar dish in the entryway and I ate two little Hershey bars and experienced a 40 point glucose spike. Whoa. You know what? That's, that's not good. <laughs> no, that's not that's good, not. Jim. I don't need that. No, no, but you look terrific. And I've got to tell you that I can't wait to see your ad. Uh, I may have to watch some tape delay because I'll be at the game. But I want to thank you, Kevin Sayer, Chairman, President, and CEO of Dexcom. Great to see you as always. Great to be on the show, Jim. Excellent. Mad Money's back here for the break. Coming up, Kramer takes your calls, and the sky is the limit. It's a fast fire lightning round. Next. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski Dad, it's over the lightning round. Money. Let's start with Bob in Florida. Bob. Yeah, Dr. Kramer, and thank you once again for taking my call. I'm going to ask you Jimmy Chill says you're welcome. Today. Uh, thank you. Go I was uh, going to ask you about a company that came to my attention when I was researching United Rentals. And that's a company I've owned for at least 10 years based on your excellent recommendation. So and that stock has been a real for winner for you, probably 10 times over. Absolutely. 10 times over on that one. But I'm calling tonight about a company called Triton International. They- a little more dicey. It's tractor, tra- you know, it's trailers. I have to tell you, we had XPO last night. They had a good trailer business, and the stock keeps getting clubbed. I'm going to have to say, let's take a pass on that one. I need to go to Bonnie in California. Bonnie. Hi, Jim. Booyah. Thanks for Booyah, Bonnie. Call. What's up? Of course. Hey, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. How can I help? Listen, um, I've been watching you for 10 years. I'm a club member. I love your club. Thank you. And, and uh, you helped me to retire early. Anyway. Oh, uh, then I, I did a good job. Work. Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, what do you think of Baxter? I have 300 shares. Oh, no, 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 Bonnie. Don't sell right here. It had a really bad day yesterday. I think it's not going to rally. But you know what? I'd rather see an Abbott. I'd rather see in Dexcom. Uh, maybe not Medtronic. But you got to up your game there. And I thank you for remembering the club and for uh, doing so well with, with me. I appreciate it. That's really nice. Let's go to Don in Colorado. Don. Hello, James. This is Don from Vail, Colorado. Nice. You got the edge of me, partner. What's happening? Not much. What do you think of A.O. Smith? A.O. Smith is the kind of company that makes stuff, does things, returns capital to shareholders, gives you a payout, profitable. Yes! Let's go to Brian in New York. Brian. Jim, Kansas City 31, Philly 10. Let's go, Casey. Uh, <laughs> hey, question on you. Question on you and software. Uh, yeah, Unity software stinks. All right, I don't even like it. I mean, you got you compounded it with that. It was enough that you like Kansas City. You come into my zone. You come into my zone with Unity. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm a forgiving fella, but that's asking for too much. 
Okay, let's take Tyler in California. Tyler. Big Booyah from California. How you doing, Jim? Oh, I like it. It's a familiar Booyah. I like that. I like that. What's going on? Must be a good uh, stuff. I would like good to know stuff, if stuff. I should be a big bull or a big bear on Big Bear AI. How do I say sell, 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 Jim, happy booyah to you. Ah, oh, thank you. Booyah back at you. My question is, with the banks making billions off the monthly, seems like monthly increases, and no financial yep. hurricanes in sight, uh, and everybody seems to be paying their bills and seem to be job increases, when do you see Bank of America stock price increases? I think I saw someone downgrade Bank of America. I went to, like... Yeah, I just wanted to, like, you know, go to the guy and just say, here's where you're headed. I think that that stock's got a good yield. It's run well by Brian Moynihan. It's inexpensive. And I think you can go much higher in this environment. You have a winner in Bank of America. Let's go to Michael in Colorado. Michael. Mr. Kramer, booyah. Booyah back to you. happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. You're quite welcome. This is Michael with greetings from Colorado. And with thanks for your thoughts and advice, you've certainly helped me to make money. Uh, thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Jim, I'm an investing club member and a decades-long NFL season ticket holder. Watch out, Eagles. The Giants are coming back. Jim, for a while okay. you've been extolling the virtues of this stock. When will the charitable trust finally pull the trigger and buy Palo Alto Networks? Yeah. Well, you know, we had a huge hit in Palo Alto Networks, and we, we took it off, then we put it back in the, in the bullpen, and you're absolutely right. Nikesh Aurora is doing an amazing job. I think he has a birthday in six days. I think you're right. i got to get in it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Kramer has at least 68 reasons to celebrate. A special birthday no-huddle ahead of the weekend. Next. Jim Kramer, the diehard of the dollar. Hey, Jimmy, love the show. My five-year-old grandson loves to watch your show. I have to thank you for making us money when it's there to be made. Our world is a better place with you in it. Okay, it's my birthday today, and the Eagles are in the big game on Sunday. I'm putting that out there because I'm finding it very, very difficult to be critical or unforgiving at this moment. So let me change it up a bit and tell you about some great things that are happening, rather than being caustic or corrosive or even sardonic. I'd like to give you 68 positives to align myself with my birthday, or 68 stocks that work here, but those are hard lists to put together, and I talk fast enough as it is. Instead... I'll just tell you some of the things that I'm thankful for in keeping with this constructive moment, including how much I like working for an honest broker network and all the CNBC cadre who embraced me and vice versa. But this show is not about making friends, it's about making money, and I won't deviate from that mantra even when I'm the birthday boy. When it comes to the market, I'm grateful for stock picking. I'm grateful that it's back in style. I got real sick of everything being determined by the Fed or, or some big picture economic consideration. That's not really investing, it's pure trading, because the data changes so rapidly. I discourage trading and risk-on, risk-off thinking unless you're managing money professionally. It's just too hard for most people. It requires way too much time. You make a lot of mistakes. Second, I'm grateful we've got a caring Fed chief. 
even as he's constantly treated like a pinata by my hedge, by the hedge fund managers and strategists and traders that I listen to. So far, the critics have been dead wrong, and Jay Powell's been more or less right. He's compassionate. He's trying to preserve the value of your hard-earned money by stamping out inflation. But he's also working real hard to make sure he can do that without devastating the entire economy. Hard job. I think he's doing it. I say so far, so good. I wish people were less hard on him, but I'm from Philly. It's a Philly thing. The Eagles will be bums in our town if they don't win on Sunday. If Powell messes up, we'll be a bum, too. For now, though, he's doing well. Hey, why don't we give him some credit? We have 3.4% unemployment for him to say, we'll, we'll get through this. Third, I'm grateful that in this country, business is the greatest source of social change. That hasn't always been the case, but it's been true in America for decades. I'm grateful that the people who run these companies tend to be sincere in their desire to help their employees, not just shareholders. When they come on here and they thank their team, no need to sticker. I think many of them generally mean it. Meanwhile, many companies are well ahead of our elected leaders when it comes to preserving the environment, including some oil companies. That's not political. They've just recognized that decarbonization is good for business. Fourth, I'm grateful for game-changing CEOs. Game-changing CEOs like Jensen Wong, man runs NVIDIA. He is most responsible for the artificial intelligence hardware and software that's the backbone of these new technologies you keep hearing about. The supercomputer technology unleashed by NVIDIA might give tech a whole new way to think. More importantly, I think there's a lot of money in it. Finally, I fibbed. I fibbed when I said that I wasn't going to thank people in my closing remarks. I'm blessed to work for the best place on earth for journalism with the finest teams. Mad Money, Squawk on the Street, and the CMC Investing Club. I'm grateful to all our club members and, most important, to you, the viewers. I know I work for CNBC, but actually, you're my customer. You're my client. You're my confidant. That's why on my birthday, I thank you for watching. Your viewership is the best present of all, aside from the Eagles hopefully winning this weekend. But win or lose, your viewership will always be number one. I'd like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise I'd find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you next time. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of an infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. 